When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. How did this happen? What did you do? I'm giving you the chance to change your life. Peter, come with me. Give up catching fish and I will make you a fisher of men. What are we gonna do? Change the world. Hallelujah, glory be to God, praise God. I'd like to welcome everyone this morning to this service coming to you from Lawrenceville, Georgia at the Go Church. Yes. <laughs> Amen, praise God. Hallelujah. To those of you that's joining us on stream, we thank God for you, we welcome you, we bless the Lord that you joining this morning. God is going to say something directly to you that will change your life forever and ever. For all of you that are here in the sanctuary, you're most welcome. We thank God for you. As you know, our vision here at Go Church is to build a Jesus community to serve our world. Amen? And so this morning, uh, let me just start by saying, uh, as you turn your scriptures to Luke chapter 22, you can start turning, but while I'm doing that, I want to welcome some very, very, very old timers. <laughs> now, when I say when I say old time, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> when I say old timers, I'm not talking about age. Okay, we just have been together for so long; it's almost incredible. I want to thank God in person for Mr. Wayne and Pico Costain. <laughs> If you, I mean, really, they were part of this church when this church began. Amen. Way back in the, when I say I had an afro, you know, you can tell now. <laughs> it's, a long it's a long time ago. You know, I really just thank God for them. They served faithfully. They were a yes. blessing to us. And uh, if you ever want to make a long story short, I have the right person for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wayne Pico is good to have you. Thank God for you guys. I love you so much. And we go a long, we go a long, long ways. We have a great time together when we come together. And of course, this morning as well, joining us is the Samuel Ejitayo Badaki. 
I have not. <laughs> so, 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 just so you guys, just so you guys will know, if I preach well this morning, it's on their account. <laughs> but if I don't, it's on you all. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I just, it's really just good to see everybody. Thank God for all of you. Amen. Luke chapter 22. I'm going to start it to read from verse 31. Luke 22, beginning from verse 31 through 34. Then I'm going to jump to verse 54 through 62. And this morning, I really want to speak to our failures. Turning failures into stepping stones. Lessons from Peter's failure. Turning failures into stepping stones. Lessons from Peter's failure. Amen. So in Luke chapter 22, verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny him three times that you know me. Let's jump to verse 54. Same passage, thank you. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. You know there's a problem right there. <laughs> now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. After a little while, another saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Obviously, whatever Peter was saying was within the earshots of Peter. So when he made that last denial, that last betrayal, Jesus looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. So now, as we unpack this, and again for the title, I'm saying, turning our failures into stepping stones. Lessons from Peter's failure. First of all, Jesus says to Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 31, that, Peter, that Satan has asked to sift him as wheat. 
That term, seedless wheat, is an agricultural term. It is a process in agriculture where grain is separated from the chaff. And in this story, in this setting, there are two intentions from what Jesus said. You have Jesus' intention from being sifted as wheat, and of course you have Satan's intention in taking Peter through this process. For Satan, his intention was an opportunity to forcefully shake Peter's faith so that he will fail and fall. He saw an opportunity, yeah, you braggart, you uh, very uh, impetuous, you brash, you man that's just blabbling your mouth all the time. This is the day. I'm going to show you. I'm going to destroy you because I'm going to make you so feel ashamed of yourself through your failure. You will never be able to stand up again and proclaim this Jesus. So for Satan, it was a ploy. It was an opportunity to forcefully shake Peter's faith to destroy him. But for Jesus, it was another reason. And that's the reason for which he allowed this to happen in the beginning, in the first instance. For Jesus, it is to allow Peter to see what was in him. Because remember Peter's response. He said, Jesus, are you kidding me? Me denying you? Absolutely not. I'm prepared to go to prison with you, and if so, be even if it has to be, even to die with you. Jesus said, really? Okay. We'll see. We'll find out in a minute. In other words, it was an opportunity for self-evaluation, self-appraisal. A few months ago here, we did what we call a SWOT analysis. And we encourage each one of you to do a SWOT on yourselves so that you can understand your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. So for Peter, this was a SWOT moment. An opportunity for him to discover that in as much as on the outward appearance, he looks strong, he looks ambitious, he looks like he's got it all together. Jesus is saying, you are not all together ready yet. And that may be speaking to some of us right now. But the good news here is that the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 13. Just give that to me, please, in the Passion Translation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, in the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, in the Passion Translation. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I need to be like Peter now. I need to be a little more patient. Glory to God. Here we go. Amen. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. God will be faithful to you. You need to know that. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity. Do you see that? It's an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape 
that, you, that will bring you out of it victoriously. Amen. Now, before I move further, this guy has been in the news lately, the CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz, who was rejected 217 times by investors when he wanted to open his first store. Think about that. Number one, rejected. Number two, rejected. Number three, rejected. Number four, rejected. Number five, rejected. On and on and on and on and on. 217 times. He heard the word no. 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 No, 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 no. If that was you and I, how many times in that process would you quit, would you have quit? How many times? 217 times. He was told his business plan will not succeed. I will not give you a dime. But the rest is history. We know the story now. Because after 217 no's, he finally found someone who said, you know, you know the first person that said yes to you, know, you know what they said yes? They did not say yes because his business plan was different. No. They said to him, really? You've been turned down 217 times and you're still standing up? You're still coming up? You're still pursuing the plan? The 218th person who signed on, signed on because of his veracity. They signed on saying, you know what? If you believe in yourself so much that you can try 217 times on me turn down and you are still trying, I am willing to bet on you. You see, the problem with us in the church, for the most part is, when we fail, we are not willing to say we failed. We find a Christianese to describe it. Ah, well, uh, you know, God is still dealing with me. God is working with me. Uh, blah, 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 blah. We find, in fact, we may even find a scripture to support the position. Whereas Paul tells us that in my weakness, the grace of God is perfected. In other words, let me fall on my face. Let me arise and say, yes, I fell, but I know one thing. I may fall now, but God is able to lift me up and plant my feet on solid ground. I drank a Starbucks this morning already. That's how much I believe in Howard Schorsch and his blood. <laughs> Sammy, don't laugh at me because you drink it all the time. <laughs> and and, and IBK is back now in business. He's back in business. He just um... No, but I'm saying something to us. We are looking at Peter here, based on this scripture, how he failed Jesus woefully. And the Bible said he went out and cried. I was looking through the men's uh, group chat yesterday yeah. and they posted something online I think it was Dr. Kunle Akimala who posted it give me that piece give me that slide right now by the numbers look at this immigrant to billionaire his name is Tokme Awutona an immigrant that became a billionaire so don't tell me that because you have an accent because you are not born in the United States because of this and that and that and that and that and that, yeah. that, that, that you cannot make it. It's a lie! Yeah. 
the Nigerian immigrant who built a $3 billion company called Calendly. Next page. Tokwa left Nigeria for the U.S. with his family in 1996. Many of you have been here much longer than that. Okay, I have been here much longer than that. <laughs> After graduating, he worked in corporate jobs for seven years. He quit his job to launch a business, but his first three startups did what? Oh, the first launch succeeded? No. Fuck, I'm telling you. If you sit down, all of these men and women around us that are successful, they have stories to tell you. The first three started, all failed. Next page. He finally launched Calendly, which is a scheduling service, in 2013, raising just how much? $550,000. Many of you have that in your bank account right now. But no, made no profit for three years. And thank God his wife didn't send him packing in the house. <laughs> and wives are the, they are the, they are the, I can't call them, they are the, they are the, I won't call them the cross. They are the one that God uses to check us. Because some of us were big spenders. I am a big spender. So I need my wife to put me on the straight and narrow, okay? But some other wives are beyond just straight and narrow. It's you whole territory. You don't make money on the first year, you're out of the house. <laughs> you are looking for a tense to live in. Next, Calendly now has, what, 10 million users. Generates $70 million in annual revenue, and it is valued at $3 billion. Would it be? Would it be? Now, give me the next slide. Just throw it on. If you fail, never give up, because fail means what? First attempt in learning. <laughs> That's what it means. First attempt in learning. And it's not the end. In fact, end. E-N-D means effort never dies. Okay? So if you get no as an answer, remember no, N-O, it means next opportunity. That's all it is. Next opportunity, that's what it is. So in this passage, in this passage, we see Peter, who was brushful, who was bold, courageous, as, as we see him at other times. Jesus said, Satan has asked permission to save you as wheat. And he says to him, you will deny me three times before the cock crows. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brother. So now let's go back to Peter. What were the things that were responsible for Peter's failure? Number one, what I call is immaturity or growing pains. It's immaturity or growing pains. You see this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Matthew chapter, uh, no, yes, Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 and 23. And Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. I will not read those passages, but I'll just paraphrase and tell you. In Matthew 16, 16, it was Peter that announced to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, when people did not know who he was. And Jesus commended him, 
flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So we see Jesus commending Peter. A few verses later, Jesus is talking about how he's going to go to the cross and die and blah, blah, blah. And Peter said, absolutely not. This will not happen. Not on my watch. And the same Peter that was just commended a few verses earlier, Jesus had to tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay? And then Matthew chapter 17, the very next chapter, in verses 1 through 5, Jesus goes to the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. And Peter said, oh my God, what a beautiful experience. Let's build three tabernacles. Again, his mouth engaging gear without his mind. His mouth without his mind. And the father this time had to rebuke him. This is the son of God, Jesus, the father said, hear ye him. Hear him alone. What am I saying? In these three passages, we see the growing pains of Peter, like you and I. Some days we hear it, other days we miss it. We are growing, and because we are growing, you can have moments when you ride on, spot on, you understand, you hear what God is saying, you get it right, and the next day or two, you mess up. It's a growing experience, up today, down tomorrow, up today, down tomorrow. Hopefully over time, you get to the place where you're more consistent. But I'm saying to you that part of Peter's problem was number one, is immaturity. He was growing, as you and I are growing in our work with God now. Secondly, secondly, the second problem for Peter was he was trusting in his own strength or self-righteousness. In other words, like many of us, Peter had an inflated idea of his own integrity. He had an inflated idea of his own integrity. Jesus is telling him, listen, Satan has this, is, is asking for permission to see for your sweet. Instead of being humble, listen to pay attention and say, God, how do I escape this? Or how do I survive this? No. That's not what he says. Instead, he says, I'm willing to go with you to prison. And he went to death. He was trusting in his own ability, in his own will, to say, you know what, bring it on. I'm ready to go. He had an inflated sense of his own integrity. Let's go to John chapter 21, verse 18. Give that to me in the Passion Translation. John 21 Verse 18. Thank you. In the, in the Passion Translation. Peter, listen, when you were younger, you made your own choices. That's the problem. That's the problem. I can just stop right there. When you are younger, you make your own choices. As me and you, many of us today, are doing. We are making our own choices independent of God. It looks good, it sounds good, I like it, therefore it must be good for me. As a believer, it's not always so. Peter, listen, when you were younger, you made your own choices and you went where you pleased. But one day, when you're old, others will tie you up and escort you where you will not choose to go. And you will spread your arms. In other words, 
you will do so now willingly. Because I will have dealt with you enough, sober you up enough, to where now you no longer rely on your own strength. That's where God is taking all of us. Amen. The last and not the least, the mother of all reasons why Peter failed is the issue of fear. Amen. Fear. That's the mother of all destructive forces. Fear is a destructive force. And when you and I are fearful, we do the craziest of all things. Oh, okay. Just a few weeks ago, myself and a few of us were in Colombo, Sri Lanka. We finished doing ministry. We had a great time. God was present. There was no doubt that God left a deposit among these people. We knew it. We felt it. We were grateful. We were humbled by it. It's now time to go home. And as you know, Mr. Biden says you have to get a what we call it, a COVID test one day before you get back to the United States. So we are sitting in the hotel room. They send the nurse to us in the room to come and do the, uh, the testing, the antigen test. Four of us. Myself, my wife, uh, brother Sam Shomi, and uh, Lynette Jackson. So we got there. I don't, who did the first one? I can't remember. remember. Was it you? No, oh, Lynette did number one. She did, for, and you can, you know, the tests are right there. You can see it. So she did it. They put it in there. Bank negative. Praise God. Check. I went next. They did it. Bank negative. Check. I said, I packed my bags. I'm on my way home. Praise God. I can go home. My wife did hers. We're looking at the test, check, negative. Oh, honey, we're both going home. Amen. <laughs> Sam does his. We said the first one. Ah, what is this? Positive. I said, ah, no, no, it's not possible. I told the nurse. I said, do it again. She said, no, she's not. And now, first of all, you're in a, in a country where language is a barrier. Okay? So I'm trying to tell this lady, do a second one. She's looking at me, you just did one. I said, yeah, I know we just did one, but I want you to redo it over. It's not possible. I reject this, this, this outcome. <laughs> back and forth and back and forth. She said, well, you cost you money. I said, yeah, did I tell you money is an issue? Do it again. So she did again. Again, it came out positive. Wow. I looked at all of us. Four of us went out. Three of us will not return. Immediately, just truly, fear kicked in. You know what I did? Three o'clock US time morning, I called Revelation. Three times. I said, Revelation? No, no, she didn't pick up before. She didn't pick up, by the way. She, but my intent was, if she picked up, I'm about to send you a template for COVID-19 result. Doctor it, because we're all coming home. <laughs> oh, they were there. It's, it's true, sorry. Doctor, this result because I am not leaving one person on the field. <laughs> Fortunately for my Holy Ghost self, Revelation didn't pick up. Amen. So I couldn't get hurt as a complicit to this thing I'm thinking of. Wow, I'm sitting down there. I'm saying, okay, this late, because the late brought, these were templates, they were already signed. 
just paper that you can just fill in anybody's name. Amen. I'm saying to myself, how can I distract this woman? <laughs> okay, you guys are laughing. Okay, all right. This may be laugh at Bangakemola Day. That's why. But I'm telling you where I was because I'm not about to leave my friend, my partner, my teammate on the field. Fear is now dictating all the things I need to do. So finally, I said to Sam, I said, Sam, now, if I call Revelation again and she wakes up <laughs> and she's able to do what I'm asking her to do, I don't know that she can do it, but if she's able, are you willing to take the chance and take a doctored result to the airport? <laughs> because in this case, it's you they're going to grab, not me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> Oh, Lord Jesus, <laughs> in the hour of testing, man, I'm telling you, you don't know what you're going to do. So when I asked him that question, everybody became sober. Because now, this is where the rubber meets the road. It's one thing to have a doctored report. It's another thing to be willing to go forward and tend it. Because immediately we got a positive result. The nurse called the hotel and told them that they, one of the guys in this room is positive and immediately they activated quarantine measures. So the point is, I'm not sure what they will have told the airline. I, I didn't know any of that. <sighs> of course, Sam was not comfortable with that. At that point, my wife said, let's go to the hospital. That was another choice we had. And we said, okay, let's go. We went to the hospital. They told us how many hours it would take to get the result. That's the same night we were living. It didn't look good. But we insisted and took the test. The result didn't come. The time was supposed to come. It's time to check out of the hotel. 9 p.m., all bags packed, no result for him. The rest of us going to the airport. And she said, let's go back to the hospital on the way to the airport. Pastor Shannon said that. We put all the bags in the car. We were all packed up. And uh, we had a plan B in our back pocket. But <laughs> And on the way to the airport, we're just about back at the, hotel, uh, the hospital. The driver, Lynette, and I sat in the car, or rather in the van. Pastor Sharon and uh, Sam went to the hospital. We look at them, we look at them, they go through the gates. We're sitting. Tick, 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 clock, 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 tick, 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 clock, clock, clock. In a few minutes, they came out. Lynette said to me, the way they're walking, it looks like it's good news. <laughs> Mind you, it's dark, it's at night now, okay? So they walked into the van, and Sam said, I'm going home! <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. The point I'm making is this. Me and you read back at what Peter did now. And we marvel. How can a man who whined and dined and walked and prayed and saw as many miracles as he had seen with Jesus, including his own mother-in-law, including his fishing business that had a bad day that Jesus said, launched into the deep and caught a mud. How? How now? Can he stand there and say, I don't know this man? Yeah. Before you point at Peter, you need to look at yourself. Amen at myself, at ourselves. Every time Jesus tells us to do something and we doubt him, 
We just betrayed him. Yeah, it's not different from what Peter did. Fear gripped him when God says to you, so a thousand dollars. And you're thinking your mortgage is a thousand and twenty two hundred dollars. If I let a thousand go, Jesus, are you gonna pay my rent? You just did what Peter did. When God says, let your son go to school in Chicago, and you're thinking of all the murders in Chicago and how people are killing one another, say, oh, I'm not going to send my son there. Those guys are thugs. They're going to kill him. You just betrayed him. On and on and on and on. Fear will make you do crazy things. Crazy things. I remember reading the story of Marvin Gaye. Man, I love Marvin Gaye. Thank God for the song he did, Let's Get It On. That's how I got my wife. I love that song. Every time I hear, let's get it on, I say, oh yeah, baby, let's get it on. <laughs> that was, hey, listen, for me, that was a turning point. Be chasing her, chasing her, chasing her, she won't give me no time of the day until Marvin Gaye came on. Let's get it on. <laughs> so, I love me some Marvin Gaye. Still do, by the way, and I'm saved. Amen. But anyway, I, was, I, I read the story. And what amazed me is the fact that Marvin Gaye in his last days was gripped with fear. He stayed at home most of the time because he thought someone was trying to kill him. He was bound by fear. He was so afraid that when someone brought him a hot dog, he examined it to make sure there was nothing on it that would kill him. I mean, can you imagine that? Now, nah, Marvin Gaye was living with his father. One day, his father picked up a gun and killed him. And as soon as he shot him and killed him, he walked outside, threw the gun in the yard, and waited for the police to arrive. Death came to Marvin Gaye's house. Why? It was because of fear. Fear. Anything you fear greatly can come upon you. It's a spiritual force. And it is a destructive force. Just as fear is a spiritual force, so is faith. They are both magnets. Faith draws good things to come into your life. And fear draws bad things to come into your life. The good news is that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Drown your fears in the faith of the word of God. Otherwise, it will mess you up. I, I, sure, I have enough of these stories to tell. I really do. Especially around this COVID nonsense. <laughs> okay, it's just me alone, okay. <laughs> We're in Turkey in August last year. Again, you have to take a test to come back to the U.S. The uh, tour agent said, no big deal. We did the exam. They emailed the results to your, to your, send your results to your email addresses, and that they will also copy him. 
Now, again, because of the time, time frame, these results always almost need or have to come moments before you board your flight. We're leaving the hotel about 6 p.m. My wife's result arrived about 4 o'clock. Negative. Now, in the meantime, this is the truth, just truly. Soon as I took the test, the enemy was saying to me, you're not going home. You've enjoyed talking. I'm going to make sure I give you an extension. <laughs> now, I never voiced this out. But from the moment that voice came to me, the rest of the vacation was, was spoiled. I hardly said anything else to my wife. I'm just going through the motion because in my head now, that thing was just coming. Cons, I was being bombarded. I'll have a minute where I pray, I make some confessions, he'll leave me alone, then five minutes later he's back, knocking on the door again. He'll tell me, don't pack your bag, don't worry about packing your bag. You're gonna be here for at least 10 more days. Don't, don't, don't worry about packing your bag. And so when high result came at four o'clock, 4.30, mine didn't come. 5 o'clock, it didn't come. 5.30, it didn't come. 6 o'clock, it's time to check out. He still didn't come. I said, oh, God. But I never voiced it. Now, why am I saying this to you? Don't ever give life to your fears. The moment you speak it out, you just give it life. She was with me. I never said it to her. I knew I was in a spiritual battle. I got in that van, jumped to the airport, no result. Finally, I sent a message to the agent. I said, agent, listen, my wife's result came two and a half hours ago, mine is not here. He said, he said check again, I check again, it's nothing. As we're walking to the counter to check in, he now forwarded me his own copy, the agent. Mine never arrived, never, never arrived. Till this day. So I'm saying to you, the enemy, he understands. He knows that once you buy into fear, he's got you. It's got you. Now, you will think that yours truly, after so many years of teaching, preaching, pastoral nature, that I should know and understand. Yeah, I know. But like Peter, we are experiencing growing pains. And all of us right now, even right now, there are areas of your life where fear does not exist. You're bold as a lion. You're not afraid. And other areas, you're, you're frightful. I say that all the time. We go to some places, my wife will put on cream for, I guess, mosquitoes. I say, ah, mosquitoes, mosquitoes can't kill you. But we see a snake, she's not afraid. But mosquitoes, she can't stand it. And I'm saying, well, oh, come on. Which, I'd rather let mosquitoes, mosquitoes can lick all over me. They, they don't bother me. But you bring a snake in this place right now, I'll be like Moses. The Bible says the snake, he saw the snake, and he what? Fled. So I'm saying we experience fear at different levels over different things and you should understand that and you should guard against that. Amen. Let me quickly bring this to a close. So we know from the passage that we just read that Peter betrayed Jesus, no question. No question. So now the question will be, Will Jesus forever see Peter as a weak and unreliable man? When you fail, when you fall, when you make a mistake, 
Do you see yourself as unreliable? Do you see yourself as a weak person? Do you condemn yourself because of your failure? Will Jesus hate Peter for being a coward? Oh, this is good. This next one is good. Will Jesus disown Peter as being disloyal? As some of our politicians will do in a heartbeat. Will he? Will he disown him as being disloyal? These are questions we need to ponder. The good news is Jesus didn't do any of that. Amen. He did not see him as weak. He did not see him as being unreliable. He did not see him as being a coward. He did not even see him as being disloyal. And that's the same way you should see yourselves. We all will fail. It's just a question of when. And when you do fail, how do you respond in a failure? The issue is not whether I fail or not. The issue is, am I failing backwards or am I failing forward? From Jesus' perspective, we can go to Mark chapter 16 very quickly. Mark chapter 16. I need to bring this to a close. Mark 16. So Peter left, he was weeping bitterly, he felt bad about himself, he slept his friend, his master down. Oh my goodness, why did I do that? How could I have done that? On and on and on and on. Jesus rose from the dead. In Mark chapter 16, in verse 15 and verse 5, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Look at verse 7. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Oh, my goodness. Why did he include Peter? It would have been sufficient for him to say, tell his disciples. But Jesus knew that Peter was in a broken state. He knew that Peter was in a place of despondency. He's going over, oh my God, why did I do this? How could I have done this? I betrayed him. He was upset. He was despondent. He was in despair. Jesus knew that. And therefore, he sent a laser message specifically to Peter. Go and tell my disciples and don't forget to tell Peter. Because in the days between the crucifixion and resurrection, nothing was seen of Peter. Yeah. He was in hiding, perhaps full of shame of what he had done. So Jesus sent a personal message to him and he's sending the same message to you right now under the sound of my voice. He's saying to you, don't lay on the ground sobbing, crying, pitying for yourself. Don't be in despair. Don't be in despondency. Don't give up on yourself because I know greatness is in the inside of you. Arise! Your failure will not define you. It's not the end of the game. It's another part of the chapter. Your full story has not been completed. You are on your way to somewhere. You are on your way to becoming something. Don't give up. That's the difference between Peter and Judas. Judas gave up. They both did the same thing. Judas gave up and went and hung himself. Or rather just uh, died by suicide. 
So Jesus restores Peter beautiful into the ministry. John chapter 21, verse 15. John 21, verse 15. Don't forget how we started. In John chapter 1, Jesus saw Peter. He said, you are no longer Simon. You are Kephas, Peter. In other words, I'm going to take you from being an ordinary to an extraordinary person. From day one, Jesus said that to him. So everything that's happened in Peter's life was the process of bringing this extraordinary characteristic into this man's life. It's a part of a process. John 21 verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, feed my ships, feed my lamp, brother. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my ship. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my ship. Amen? Now, in verse 18, it says to him, most assuredly, I said to you, when you were younger, you gathered yourself and walked whatever you, will, you wished. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another, another will guard you and carry you where you do not wish. In Jesus asking him three times, each time was for each betrayal. He was canceling out those betrayals in his life. And in so doing, restored him back to his place as the pillar in the church. And that's the same thing God is doing for you and I right now. Time will not permit me, but you see that Peter overcame his fear. He became a bold and courageous leader in the early church who was transformed by the power of the resurrected Christ. And so now, as we close, are you being sifted? Is a sifting going on in your life now? And if so, the word I have for you is keep the faith. Have hope. It's a learning process. A process that will strengthen you. And yes, God is not done with you yet. Amen. Amen? And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for our time together this morning. I bless your name, Lord God, for every man and woman under the sound of my voice, either in presence here in the sanctuary or watching online. Yes, God, we are going through various siftings, various experience as a person, as the church, global or universal, as a nation or in the nations, we see sifting taking place. But we are encouraged this morning by your word and by your commitment to us where you said a perfect love casts out every fear because fear is a, is a torment. And so, Lord Jesus, we embrace the perfection of your love towards us. My love may be up and down and up and down, but your love is a constant. And so, Lord Jesus, we embrace the constancy of your love right now. We thank you for that constancy. The fact that nothing I do will ever cause you to love me less or even love me more. And so, Lord, we embrace that now. We thank you. 
We thank you for deliverance from fear in whatever form or shape it may come. We receive our deliverance. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. And we face our tomorrow that our failures will not be the end of the story, but just a comma in our story because we are moving on. He said, if a man shall fall, he will arise again. And so, Lord Jesus, we arise as beautiful ashes with garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And we thank you right now for your faithfulness concerning us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God.